Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 19 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast on NJ.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We appreciate everyone that's been along for the ride the whole way. And obviously now we have some real football to talk about. I'm Joe with you, with me, uh, as we're going to have every week throughout the preseason and the regular season. We have Jordan. How's it going, Jordan? What's up? Joe, episode Julian Talley. I mean, you know, number 19, how about that already? We could title it that, episode Julian Talley, and we also have with us... Nobody uh, will even know what the heck I'm talking about, but yeah, hey, the real, the real, real, real diehard Giants, yeah. You have to be a diehard for that. We also have James Cratchit. James, how are you, bud? Excellent, Joe. It's episode three for me, not quite 19 yet. That's right. So episode three for James, 19 for uh, Jordan and I, and, and hopefully 19 for all you out there as well. And now we do have some football to talk about based on... Uh, what happened at the end of last week? Friday night, the Giants go to Cincinnati. You guys were there. It was not a pretty sight. 23-10 was the score, but more than that, it was what happened in that game. The fact the Giants didn't look good. Tom Coughlin wasn't happy. There have been injuries that we've gone through over the weekend, and we know now the Giants are dealing with that. So uh, we'll start with this. We'll go to Jordan first. Based on the way they played Friday, and there were a few bright spots, but mostly not bright spots, You know what's concerning you the most about this team after watching them in one preseason game? Well, I'd say that the safety position obviously is a major concern. I mean, at this point, uh, I, I thought they might be all right. But, you know, without landing Collins, he was the one guy you had penciled in there. And now he's going to be out at least probably this week. Who knows? Uh, who knows how long? It shouldn't be you know, too long, but it's still, any missed time for him at this point is, is a problem. And then, you know, once you don't have him there, who do you put aside of him? They had to sign Brandon Merriweather. I don't even know if they, he could still play. Uh, so, you know, there, there's major question marks at safety. Once again, that has sort of risen to the risen to the top for me as the biggest concern out of that game. Would you be on the same page there, James? I mean, the safety position here now has a ton of injuries. And, and the signing of, of Merriweather, to me, James, if this was three years ago, it's more intriguing. I mean, he couldn't get through the whole season last year and – and to me, he hasn't been a very impactful player in a couple of years now. Yeah, Joe, I would agree. I think safety is a major concern. Obviously, there are other parts, you know, aspects, positions you're concerned about. But, you know, if Prince Mukamara is healthy, the Giants have two good cornerbacks, and some of their younger guys showed some good things on Friday night. And in the offensive line, again, we haven't seen them with, with Jeff Schwartz out there close to what they think the line's going to look like. But safety, you just have question marks everywhere. You know, Brandon Merriweather, as Jordan said, who knows if he can still play anymore. You know, Steve Spagnuolo spoke today, and he didn't really seem very sold on the idea of Jeremy Miles being a, a full-time starter. You know, who knows what Collins? Is we essentially is. don't know. We essentially don't know. We essentially don't know who's going to be either of the two starting safeties in Week One, and we're less than a month of the season. I, it's it's amazing, but that's where we are. That's the reality. Yeah, that that really is. I, I mean, I don't think anybody can say for sure anyone's a starter right now, Week One. No, we can't, and that's, that's a problem because week one isn't that far away. That's the point we've gotten to here in the summer where, you know, a few weeks ago camp had just started. It was all this time. Now it's not tomorrow, but it's also not that far away until they'll actually take the field against the Dallas Cowboys. I want to ask you guys about Tom Coughlin, what he had to say right after that game. You were there in Cincinnati, and, you know, Coughlin said two things that struck me. Number one was that he expected more out of the offense, and in a few minutes we're actually going to bring on a special guest from the offense. Jeff Schwartz is going to be a guest on this episode of Talk is Cheap. So we'll get to Jeff. He wasn't minutes. there. He wasn't there. But you know, he'll tell you, that was that was part. That was part of maybe the concern is that he wasn't there. Right. Exactly. He was not part of. Not that even game. in Cincinnati. Yeah. He wasn't. Not there. even in Cincinnati. Was this week in practice. So. 
But they need him back, obviously. So we'll talk to Jeff in a few minutes. We'll get uh, his thoughts on everything. We caught up with him um, a little earlier. So Coughlin said two things Friday night after the game. He expected more out of the offense. And then he was asked in that press conference about patience. And he said he doesn't see any patience here. He's running out of patience, it seemed like, um, with the way they've started off first game, the practices, the injuries. From a fan's perspective, guys, we'll go to James first here. How much patience do Giants fans have before getting worried here about all these things, but specifically now with the offensive line, which just didn't play well early in that game on Friday? Joe, I think they have the Giants have to show some sort of improvement on Tuesday night. I know it's excuse me on uh, on Saturday night. I know it's just the second preseason game, and there's a you know, long time to go in theory before we get to Dallas. But you should be concerned. That offense just looked abysmal against the Bengals. I mean, I'm not that concerned, to be honest with you, if they perform in the first two preseason games. I've seen it before. I've seen teams stink it up. Uh, the offense will, you know, Odell Beckham is going to do, you know, he, he's going to do more than catch zero passes, you know, when, when yes. it comes down to it. And he's playing an entire game rather than a quarter. Uh, you know, Victor Cruz wasn't out there. Larry Donnell's just sort of getting back to the form he was in before. Uh, you know, Jeff Schwartz wasn't there. Uh, technically, Will Beatty wasn't, you know, another guy who was supposed to be a starter wasn't there. So, you know, Ruben Randall essentially wasn't there because he played three snaps, which is another thing. I don't know what the heck the Giants were doing there. His knee, he didn't practice the two days before. What are you putting him out there in a preseason game for? I mean, seriously. Uh, Tom Coughlin conceded they made a mistake. It just makes no sense. So, uh, you know, but they were without a bunch of starters there. You got to take that into consideration. The hope is that, you know, most of these are not long-term, and Beatty obviously is right now. But, uh, you know, yeah, and I think really what Tom Tom was talking about more in regards to the patience thing was he was sort of saying, patience? What patience? I never have patience. So, uh, you know, he wants them to be good always and right away every time, and that's just not a reality. So, uh, you know, the third preseason game to me is the more important game than this this week. I still don't think it's it's mandatory. I don't think it's man- – you go into complete panic mode if they stink up to join here in this preseason game too. Yeah, I think you would. I mean, I think some people would, maybe some others would wait, like you said, Jordan, for that third one there. Um, but as far as the, I'm gonna consider me in the latter then. You are. You're a little more patient, maybe than uh, patient, Jordan. Yeah, how about that? Oh, well, you, I'll put it this way. I, I don't think that if the Giants, you know, come out and have another so-so iffy night in offense, you know, the paddock and you need to make changes or, or freak out. But I do think that they have to at least show something a little bit better than what they showed in Cincinnati. I'd agree with yeah. that, especially along the offensive line. Look, I agree with you, and I think anyone that's watched the Giants or Eli Manning play or Cruz play or even Beckham just for a short period knows if those guys have time, they're going to make plays. I think what concerns people based on early last year and then the fact that they didn't look good week one of the preseason is, you know, what is this offensive line? We still don't know, and they have a lot of moving parts still. Um, and then we did hear, you know, just a little while before recording this podcast earlier this week, that Jeff Schwartz taking some reps now at right tackle as well. So there's still moving parts in this offensive line, Jordan. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't – I don't – I'm not – nobody knows. Uh, Giants don't know who the right tackle is going to be this year. I'll tell you that. You know, that's just that's just the way it is. Right now, they're un, undecided at the position. They're probably going to go – this this week, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jeff Schwartz and Marshall Newhouse take snaps over there. And I still think in the long run – Moving Justin Pugh out to guard remains a possibility. They're not completely throwing that out the window. They want to keep him at guard, absolutely. But if it comes down to it, if they decide, hey, you know, we're best off 
putting Justin Pugh out at guard, I don't think they're scared to do that. And you know what? If you ask me, you, here's the deal, ready? You look at their offensive line, okay? Who's the best all, best lineman on this team? Who's the best tackle on this team? And to me, the answer is Justin Pugh. So in the long run, it's hard for me to – for someone to be able to convince me that they're – this that no matter how they line up, that this team is not best served by having Justin Pugh at one of the two tackle spots come week one. You know, I don't, I don't know if I disagree with that. You might be completely spot on. I guess then the question would be, at what point does it become detrimental to move one guy when it would affect three or four? You know what I mean? Like if you, you move Pugh out of left right. guard and put him at tackle, you have to shift three or four guys to fill the holes. At what point does the net gain not work there? I mean, do you have to do it within the next two weeks, or could you move, make that play within a week or two before the season? Yeah, you know, I think it would be a lot easier if uh, if Justin Pugh was playing right guard because that's a position that Jeff Schwartz has made for, that John Jerry has played, and I think it's just easier to put a guy and put it in the right guard spot. Uh, and you're right, they don't have a guy right there who I think is an ideal fit for the left guard spot besides Pugh. So it, it would be create a lot of moving parts, but at the same time, the most important position on the offensive line is left tackle, and it, I would like to have my best left tackle out there, and nothing against Eric Flowers, probably going to be a very good player down the line. But year one, uh, learning curve and all, that's a tough spot. And I, I keep repeating this every week. Such a tough spot to ask a rookie to go do and have him just out there on an island. It, it, it's almost asking for failure. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it certainly is. Go ahead, James. I was just going to say, I get the feeling that there's a very strong possibility that when, when push comes to shove and the regular season comes, the Giants might just take who they think are graded as the five best offensive linemen, and then they just put them wherever fits the puzzle best. I think there's a very strong possibility that happens. Here's the problem, James. How are they going to do that with Eric Flowers? Okay, Justin Pugh is their best left tackle, but you can't just flip Eric Flowers out after he hasn't played a snap at right tackle and say, all right, we're going to move you to right tackle now. I mean, this is a rookie he, you know, that, that's, that's not a situation I think that's possible. So if they do that, I think they're almost stuck at that point putting Pew on right tackle, not left tackle. Like that's, I, I don't even know if that's a realistic option to move Eric Flowers two weeks before the season and say, okay, now you're a right tackle. It's funny. So, sometimes, sometimes I feel like the ver versatility could be – it's always a blessing. You want guys that could play multiple positions because then it gives you more options. But just the way you're describing it, Jordan, it's almost like it's a curse in one way because you have a guy like Pew who you feel like you can move around, but then that affects everybody else. No, I, I agree with what Jordan said, I, and that's one of the things I, I have thought about is that you have Flowers at left tackle, and he's doing pretty well, but do you really want to you know, suddenly move him or – you know, that could be a tough thing as well, I think, with him. He will have his struggles at left tackle. You can mark that down. I mean, this is, this is the NFL move coming in oh, as a rookie at left tackle. It's just such such a, a big task they're asking to undertake. So there will definitely be struggles. And the fact that, you know, that's not even one of their bigger problems right now, I think speaks volumes of where they're at with the whole line and the, and the team in general. So speaking of the offensive line, Jordan did have a chance to catch up with Jeff Schwartz uh, before we recorded this podcast. Here's what he had to say, and, and here's what Jeff Schwartz uh, talked about when it came to the offensive line and moving around and fitting in, uh, and all that is coming up right here. 
All right, we're going to bring in Jeff Schwartz here, Giants offensive lineman. We don't, we don't, I don't want to say guard. I don't want to say tackle. Let's just, we could just be safe here and say offensive lineman. Uh, right side offensive lineman. Right. That's like we're making up a new position yes, for you at this point. I play on the right side. All right, so let's real quick, let's go over. You, you came back to practice Monday. You missed some time. You were yeah. back here in Cincinnati. Uh, well, the team is in Cincinnati. Uh, how you feeling now, well, and, and I mean, what are we what are we looking at? You played tackle and guard, so yeah, I played both yesterday. Uh, I feel good. You know, last week was kind of an it's hard to explain kind of what I was going through. You know, coming off the two injuries last year. I mean, normally you if you have one injury, it's a traumatic kind of thing for your body. I had two like major injuries, and um, just kind of get my body and my mind back into playing and doing the movements. I just kind of needed some time to get to that. And yesterday I felt great. Um, I feel pretty good today, and you know, probably we'll practice today. Get tomorrow off. That'll kind of help. And and. Um, I'm pretty pleased with how yesterday went. You know, Coach said, you know, they want you out there practicing, but at the same time, he acknowledged we're going to have to, you know, yeah. keep an eye on it and see. Is it best for you to long term to sort of, you know, uh, manage it maybe at times have to have to settle down? Or, or is the goal, hey, we're going to just go full, full throttle here, try to go all the way through? I mean, I think when you have injuries, they have to be managed. I know it's kind of a new school approach. Normally, you kind of just just go all the way. Tough it out no matter yeah, what. I think but we found out yeah. that it sometimes doesn't work quite that way. It might not be and the best are, way to go. I mean, the, there, yeah, there, there, are, are, there are downsides. But there are certain times where you do have to fight through that because, you know, when Sunday rolls around and you're not feeling good, you, you don't come out of the game. I mean, as offensive linemen, right. you only dress seven of us. I mean, and if you're starting that game, you're finishing that game, let's get carted off. I mean, that's the kind of the rule. And um, so at certain points, you do have to fight through it, but you have to be smart. And, you know, last week, uh, again, that week off will help. And then, you know, the way our practice is, is structured from here on out, you know, there shouldn't be an, an issue with uh, with the way we manage it. So, like last year, you that Cowboys game, you came back, you know, you were – you, you clearly weren't 100%. You, yeah. had, you sort of you had to tough that out, yeah. and, and you did. I mean, yeah, it, was, I mean that, it was something you had to do, and you, had to, you know, they needed you to play. They, they needed you to play right tackle at that time. Sounds kind of familiar here. Yeah. I mean, that game was, uh, wow, it was tough. I hadn't been in pads in 12 weeks since I had gotten hurt because uh, we were out of pads at that time of year. So that game was the first time I'd hit anybody in, in 12 weeks. And, um, you know, as much as the toe, you know, rehab back to where it needed to be, you know, it's never going to be 100%. I mean, it's, it's actually it's fine now, but at that point, and I just had to go out and do it. And that was it was the most plays we had on offense all year, too. Right. It, was a, it was a long night. But um, I think playing for many years, you kind of learn certain things you can do to maybe make a play easier, if that, if that makes any sense. Where, yeah. like, you can you have certain tricks where, okay, I can get this guy real quick and hook him, and then I can kind of, like, Save save my energy for the next play. You know you don't have to you don't have to always give that as long as you guys can make the play. Um, and that's kind of what Dallas was for me. It was kind of like a survival thing. Like okay, make your block, right. but don't do anything that where you're going to put yourself in, in risk. And then at the very end, we well, had you'd already missed eight games or so. So at that missed, point, you're, you're, I missed you're like just eleven. Eleven. It was week twelve. I came back. Yeah, well, eight was yeah. the minimum. Right. That's yeah. right. I, I think I missed. I think I missed. We had the bye plus I missed ten. That was a game eleven or twelve, um, and then. Um, you know, like the last couple of plays of the game, though, we were on the goal line. I, I mean, I gave it everything I got. And, and by that time, the last two-minute drive we had um, was tough. I could barely move. And then the following week, I didn't think I'd even be able to. Uh, then you got out there again the next week, though. Yeah. <laughs> you really I, did. I didn't think that that was uh, going to happen, too. I was <laughs> feeling good, and my toe wasn't bothering me. And then I had, obviously, the, right, the separate, ankle. Separate, yeah, injury. separate injury. So it's a tough. It was uh, it's. It's fun to play, fun to be back out there. But then, obviously, that, that, that part was sucked. All right, let's talk for a second, you have these problems. You know, yeah. It is, you know, your foot, your ankle, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. you know, it, it is. 
Does playing tackle does that make it more difficult to play tackle because you're asked to, to you know you're asked to be more mobile really you're, you know, to go out and play play on the, the outside. The the mobility is not the issue much with ankle. I mean, it's less mobile, but side to side movement is not as bad as it is just like anchoring and pounding on it. So I, I don't think tackles would be that much of an of an issue. Uh, I mean, sometimes uh, I think just also getting in shape would help with tackle. Right. Um, but I feel I feel pretty good yesterday. I mean, I took we uh, got a month now, so yeah. that should be plenty of in time. your mind plenty of time. Yeah, and I don't even know if I'm end up a tackle, but right. um, I feel I feel pretty comfortable out there. I mean, I, yeah, well, we're just talking about getting yeah, in shape. You got a month to get yeah, in shape, wherever it is. Your plan. I didn't think that I didn't think there was any issue to tackle with my with my foot. If it was my my plant leg, I think it would be a lot tougher. So the but fact it's that it's the other it's one. Otherwise, it may, yeah. If I was at left tackle, it'd probably be a problem just kind of pounding it every rep into the ground. Um, it probably would get stuck in the ground and it just wouldn't move as well. Well, fortunately, they list you as, uh, or you listed yourself as right offensive line. Right offensive so, yeah. <laughs> so I think you're safe on having to be on the left on the left side. I then. think I'm done with the, with the left side. That experiment <laughs> ended last year. <laughs> yeah, you you were a right side guy. That yeah, was I'd where always, you had your I'd success played, in, yeah. most in. Carolina and, then, and, and Kansas, Kansas City. I, played, I mean, before I'd gotten here, I played one uh, game. Like, actually, ironically, against the Giants in 2013 with Kansas City at left guard. It didn't go terribly well, but I did enough to, to get us out of it. And then when we came here, we always had Chris. I mean, I'm not going to play right guard with Chris here. Um, and then, you know, left, the left guard thing. And I messed my toe up just because I was my footwork was all jacked up. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, they got Pugh's done a great job left guard. So I think he's uh, he'll take that position. So you, okay, now you're back. Yeah. You got an offensive line. You guys aren't oblivious to what goes on around you. Correct. You hear comments from Sean O'Hara. Yeah. How, how does the offensive line sort of, I don't know, well, I mean, uh, those, digest that or, or take it? And, and what kind of do you view it as a message? How do you how do you guys sort of view that? Obviously, those guys, Sean and Chris, comes around, and Richie was around the other day, and Kareem was here yesterday, and and Dio obviously is here. I mean, those guys were excellent players, Pro Bowl players. And we know that they uh, they watch us, and uh, they just want us to be great, like they were. And I think that's all that was. Um, and you know, the thing about it is, we also want to be great. It's not like it's not like they want us to be good, and we don't want to be. I mean, we, right. you know, we want to to be. Who's um, going to go out there? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Nah, we want we want yeah, to suck. We you want know? to suck. I mean, so you know, and and you know, we came out talking about you know wanting to be tougher and be more physical and. Um, yeah, I mean, we're allowed to say that, but we have to prove that, obviously. And, um, you know, a couple guys were out, and, and that's just the way it is. I mean, it's hard to uh, it's hard to explain injuries. I mean, you know, I wish if I, if I could explain it would be easier, but, I mean, some guys get dinged up. But I think, well, I think we're in the right direction. Everyone's back now, um, and I think we're moving. You know, Cincinnati, um, it's never as good, never as bad as everyone thinks it is. So it wasn't as bad as, as, as right. it looked on film uh, or on TV. and. And we're close. We, we are close. You sound like Andy Reid. That's uh, that was Andy Reid's patented yeah, line. It's yeah. never as bad as it looks. It's never well, as good as it looks. That's uh, that's. I mean, I've heard that forever. Yeah. I mean, especially offensive line play. It's never as good and never as bad. But yeah, that was uh, Coach Reid. He said that a lot. He kind of had some go-to cliches. <laughs> when you have O'Hara saying, you know, you know who the per- you know yeah. who I'm talking about. You know, you yeah. know that, that per- these people know who I'm talking about. You're one of those guys that's obviously sitting yeah. out that day. Do you take a per- is, is it at all personal? Well, I mean, saying, hey, talk- obviously, talking, point, about, talking about you. talking about one of the three of us that were out that day. <laughs> um, I don't really know who he was talking about. Um, Did you guys talk about that together? Is that I, something I you seen, even talk about? No, not really. Um, you know, I, I actually didn't even know about that until 
the day after, I think, um, I saw a tweet about it, or I saw maybe you guys interviewed Pew about it, and that's how I found yeah. out. I, I didn't even know it happened. <laughs> I mean, and I follow Sean on, on Twitter. I mean, I follow a lot of people, so it's hard to see all their comments. But, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it. So I never really asked Pew what happened. He told me, and, and he said, you know, Sean text him, and, and that was the end of it. I mean, uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't thought much about it since then. So we'll do a couple quick questions yeah. here before, uh, before we run. I'll ask a question. You have a one or two okay. word answer first thing All that right. comes to mind, right? Ready? Okay. Yeah. Your your training camp twenty fifteen experience you described so far as um, it's a, it's been a it's been a mental challenge. Mental challenge. Yeah. To like just just to kind of get my mind right about you know kind of get my body through it. Your expectations personally for twenty fifteen. Play every snap. Your expectations for the team in 2015. I mean, winning, win games, finish games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Giants' offensive line is. How would you describe it? We're getting there. We're gonna. We we're gonna be good. It's just gonna. Um, yeah, we're 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 gonna get there. We're working hard. We're you know we have faith in, in our ability. We'll we'll be there. One thing you didn't know about Eli Manning that surprised you is. His personality. What about it? Um, he's, he's funny. I, I mean, knowing, you know, just kind of looking at him from the outside. I mean, you don't know. I didn't know anything about you. I never met him before. I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great quarterback. Yeah, funny. You mean we hear about it. He does his, you know, his, his a, pranks a, and stuff, or he's just dry humor? I, I, just he's a, he's, I just knew nothing about him. And, and you see him on the beforehand. You see him on the sidelines kind of being like, just kind of stoic and, and making those faces. I mean, you didn't know what to expect. He's a, he's done a couple of pranks, um, and uh, he's just a, he's a, he's a he's a good leader. I mean, he's a, he's a great leader. Playing for the Giants is once in a lifetime opportunity. Sounds good. Well, hopefully you guys can take advantage of it this know, year and, and, and really and really have a good year and put it all together. Yeah, I mean, playing here um, is there's nothing like it. It's. Uh, Everything you you uh, expected, or is it different? I, mean, I know you you know you, you had a choice. You were a free agent, yeah. so you got to sign here. Does yeah, it need, is it different than you thought? Or no, I mean the expectation. Kind of what you thought? I mean, I wanted to come to a place that expects to win. I know every team says they do, but I feel like the Giants um, really personify that in the way that they go about their business. I mean, there's this. There's no place that treats the families better, that treats the employees better. Um, it does everything possible to help us. You know, get to where we need to be, and whether it's mentally, physically, spiritually. I mean, everything that they do is geared toward us winning, and that's what, you know, all you can ask for. Jeff Schwartz, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. No problem, man. Take care. All right, guys. One of the things that stood out, Jordan, when he was talking to you there, was just you know how he's able to move around, and the other thing that he, you know, clearly a goal of his, and they they desperately need him to reach his goal this year, is to stay healthy and is to stay on the field because last year they missed him when he wasn't there. And, I mean, we're talking about this offensive line and what an issue is right now. They need him in there. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Schwartz's goal is to play. Look, people call him. I've heard, you know, all kinds of stuff on Twitter, all kinds of ridiculous, ridiculousness, saying things to him, calling him soft, this and that. Look, this guy had serious injuries, you know. This isn't like some guy who has a, uh, you know, a stubbed toe. His toe was messed up to the, to the degree that he missed. What do you say? 10, 10, 11 games? Yeah. And then he comes back and he's he's playing with so much pain that he doesn't think he's going to make it through the game. So these aren't made up injuries. This, you know, anyone who's ripping Jeff Schwartz for being soft, I just I really just don't understand it. And that includes Sean O'Hara if that's who he was pointing out. 
because you know, and then he shatters his his left leg and ankle, and you know he's trying to come back from it at 340 pounds. You know, this guy's trying to get on the field, and he he got on the field twice. Maybe you can even argue that he got on the field before probably he should have. Uh, you know, that in an ideal world they would have given him more time both times. But uh, you know, he wants to get on the field, and the Giants want him on the field. They want to get something from him. And he wants to get out there and prove that he's worth the free agent contract that he got last year. You know, you just mentioned something, Jordan. That I, you know, I don't know if it applies to every situation with the Giants over the past couple of years, but it's pretty obvious. And if you talk to any fan, it's a big complaint and a big point of contention. It's pretty obvious the Giants have injury issues as much or more than any team in the NFL. And you just talked about maybe coming back a little too early. Do you think that's been a problem where guys in that locker room feel like they have to? Or they're pushed to him. We just talked about Ruben Randall at the beginning of the podcast. Why did he play on Friday night? I mean, I don't know if we're – none of us are doctors. We can't come up with the reason why the Giants have so many injuries. Uh, but that – I mean, if that was a problem, that would be a big one if these guys feel like they're being rushed back when they're not ready. Yeah, no, I'm really – I'm not getting that sense, though. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Schwartz might have been in pain, but at the same time, is the injury wasn't a re-injury for him. You know, the injury for him was uh, a different injury when someone rolled on his leg. Uh, you know, Nat Burhe is the one guy who came back and suffered a re-injury, you know, an, an aggravation of an old injury here this uh, summer. But he had, you know, a month or six weeks or, you know, seven, even with the amount of time he sat out in the spring, he had like two months out with a calf injury. So I'm not sure, like, you know, he should have been sitting out much longer. So in regards to coming back too early, I don't know. I'm just not I, – I haven't gotten that vibe from players. James, were you surprised that Randall played on Friday, um, to go back to that, because he's a guy that, you know, last week when we talked and just reading you guys last week, it seemed like, you know, maybe he wouldn't play on Friday. Then he did, and uh, now maybe not feeling so great. Yeah, Joe, I, I was a little bit surprised. He actually met with the media prior to Friday's game out in Cincinnati, and he, he said that, I guess, the change in the grass surface here at, at – in East Rutherford to the grass surface out in Cincinnati hurt his knee. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not an expert. Yeah, I, I was trying to find George <laughs> Toma's phone number. Maybe he could explain this to me. But um, you know, so I, I don't know. I just figured, you know, I'm I'm sure the grass the the Bengals practice on is probably the same thing they've got out in the stadium. So I thought he might just sit this one out. But you know, he played and. He had three snaps, and he came out, and he didn't practice on Sunday. He didn't just so, come out. He hobbled out. I mean, he, yeah. you could tell, and you could tell him warm-ups. He just wasn't, he just wasn't moving well. And Coughlin said he saw that, and they said he warmed up poorly. And so when you see him warm up poorly, like, what are you thinking of putting him out there after that? It just uh, made that one made zero sense to me. I don't yeah, like that one. It, it was a screwy. Th it's probably one the Giants would like to have back. I would think so. It's it's a strange situation for a player that. Uh, although he's not, you know, one of the most important players in the team, they certainly will, will have a role for him uh, this coming year. So on Saturday, when this game comes up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'd, I'd imagine uh, if he's ready and if he's uh, conditioned enough, this will be the Giants fans' first chance to watch Brandon Merriweather uh, in a Giants uniform. I mean, is this a guy now, because of the injuries, that could play a large role, or is he more now, uh, you know, desperation that they might have to play him, but if everyone gets healthy, they don't really want to play him. And where do you think they're at with Merriweather? I mean, he wasn't on a team until a couple days ago, which has to tell you something, right, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, my my opinion on this is that this was a sort of desperation move. They needed a veteran. They wanted a veteran there. Look, Tom Coughlin was asked, you know, why Merriweather? And what he said was, hey, we just have a list. We just go down the list. 
And so guess what? Male model Justin Halley was signed last week. He's a safety. He was must have been higher on the list than, than Brandon Merriweather. So that's pretty much all you need to know about where Brandon, Brandon Merriweather sits uh, on their front office evaluation of him as a player. So I'm not sure they really think he can contribute that much. I think right now one of the biggest benefits, and John Beeson brought this up, is that Merriweather's a smart football guy, X's and O's type guy. Uh, you know, he might be able to help some of the young guys in the classroom as much as he can help his team on the field. So I think in the grand scheme of things, when all said and done, unless they really reach desperation mode, which really is – it can happen. I mean, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibilities with the group of safeties they have right now that, uh, you know, Brandon Merriweather could actually find his way in. But I think more, more likely than not, he's just going to be here for training camp. You know, well, I, I, go ahead, James. I was just going to say, I think if you're the Giants, you just think, you know, yes, Brandon Merriweather, you know, there are a lot of opinions out there about him and the style he plays. You know, even when he was in the Pro Bowl, people say, you know, he wasn't really that productive of a player. I think well, he got cut Giants, right after he was in the Pro Bowl. Exactly. Which, you know, how many times does that happen? I, I think for the Giants, I, I think it is kind of a desperation move. But at the same time, you know, hey, if they catch lightning in a bottle, you know, who knows what could happen. Yeah, I think it's just it's a you roll the dice and whatever happens happens in this situation. Yeah, I mean, if somebody told you he beat out Jeremy Miles, who looks like he's their favorite now. To, I mean, he's first on the depth chart here in week two at that uh, safety spot. If somebody told you he beat out Jeremy Miles, it's not like you'd be that surprised. Jeremy Miles wasn't on this team three weeks ago either. He wasn't, Actually, four, and now he four right, four he, or five weeks ago. Training camp's getting long. I'm, I'm my time my sense of timing is off, but you, you get the point. Well, it's a hot day. It's been a long summer. When we understand, I mean, you're out there every day with this team. Uh, but yeah, Miles is, you know, he's now he's I like part the, of this. Team. I like you making excuses for me, Joe. Thanks. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make <laughs> sure I don't throw you under the bus here. Yeah, well, you got my back. I, I exactly. appreciate that. We're a team here on Talking Chief. All right, let's go to some Twitter questions here. <laughs> uh, some quick hitters from uh, folks chiming in on Twitter. I'll throw out the question, and then we could banter about. Um, you know, your responses, and, and really these are based on, from what I'm seeing coming in here, these are based on players or things that people saw during the game that I think they're interested in uh, moving forward. The name that I keep seeing keeps coming up because he was a bright spot against the Bengals, Orleans Darkwa. I mean, a guy that was undrafted from Tulane. I, I thought he ran the football pretty well uh, against the Bengals. I mean, could he find his way into the mix here? I know we talked a lot about how the Giants have three really good and really complimentary running backs to use this year. Uh, Orleans wasn't part of that conversation. Based on the way he played Friday night, is he on your radar now, James? I think he's on the radar, but at the same time, I, I just think it's going to be really tough potentially for him to find a spot on the final roster because, as you said, you've got three really good running backs and there's only so many spots you have you know, and depth concerns at other positions. Yeah, it's all a numbers game, you know. Uh they're going to keep – if they have the top three running backs and they're all healthy, that's Andre Williams, Shane Vereen, and Rashad Jennings in no particular order, uh, and you're keeping a fullback in Henry Hynoski, which I fully expect them to do, then are you really going to keep a fifth running back? I mean, this team has, spot, has holes at a lot of positions, especially safety, uh, to, and to keep – go heavy at a running back position might be difficult. Now, the one thing Orleans Darkwa – has going in his favor. And this is why when you look at his overall prospects, I'm not even sure that running back, what he does as a running back, it's it's valuable. But 
what he does as a special teamer is even more important because they kind of know what he can do as a running back. Uh, they saw kind of this stuff last year. but And they saw him play well on special teams. But that's really going to determine his fate because if they carry that extra running back, his, he's going to need to be able to play special teams. It's that simple. And play right, them well. Can... And play them right, very exactly. well. He's got to be... He's got to be an ultimate, a very big asset on special teams. Not even just a good special teams player. He has to be a very good special teams player. He, and Joe, almost, I, he almost has to make the team as a special teamer, right? And then if he could run the ball as well, that, that just helps his cause. It's almost the reverse. Absolutely, in my opinion. No, I was just going to say, I talked to safety Justin Curry earlier today, and he told me the most excited he has ever been in his life to be on special teams was against the Bengals on Friday night because he knows – that's the ticket to making the team, and I think that applies to Darkwood as well. I think it does. I mean, I, and the Giants haven't had the greatest special teams over the last couple of years, so if they can improve there and guys like that can find their way and, and make an impact there, uh, it could only help the Giants. All right, Mark on Twitter chimed in with this question, and I'm with him. I, I, wanted to, I definitely wanted to touch on this, so I'm glad we had a, a Twitter question come in. Uh, someone asked, Mark it is, asked about the defensive line, and some of those guys that maybe are not the biggest names. I thought they stood out and played well. I thought that was a bright spot for the Giants from Kerry Wynn to Jay Bromley, who I know, Jordan, you had a story that he didn't exactly give himself an A-plus, but I thought he played pretty well. And even Owa. I gave him a higher grade than, him, than he gave himself, though. He and played he deserved well. it. How about this young defensive line? I thought they showed something on Friday. For me, they've been one of the surprises of camp. They played actually pretty much probably better than I thought. Robert Ayers has been the best defensive player in camp so far for the Giants. I can say that hands down without hesitation. I think he's been an absolute stud. He's looked really good, and he looked really good in that game too, both on the outside and as an interior rush or something he did last year. So, to me, uh, Robert Ayers has been great. Uh, Jay Bromley played well. Jonathan Hankins did really well. He, he had some really good snaps. I, I know the defensive results didn't show it, but I'm just talking about when I broke down the film and what I saw. And I'll tell you what, Jay Bromley played well. And I know Cullen Jenkins, yeah, I, I didn't like him at defensive end. That didn't really seem to work. It's sort of like a rundown thing, but they were kind of torn apart when he was out there. But he had some really good pass rush snaps. I saw him get two pressures as a pass rusher from the interior. That's his strength. That's what he brings to the table. That's what he should bring to this team. Uh, it's a very useful skill that the Giants can use in their, in their nickel package. Uh, as long, but they have to find ways. Kenrick Ellis even looked good. So, yeah, I'm liking what I've seen. Oa, you know, I'll, I'll say he was a little up and down in that game. Not not, not as blown away as maybe some, you know, as some of these other guys I saw better things from. So, I think he was a little up and down. It's going to be tough to ask for big contributions from him. But Demontre Moore, again, uh, as, as a run defender, so-so, had, had some good and bad snaps. But as a pass rusher, again, some very good snaps, which is, what the Giants are going to have to utilize him at. So you see a lot of skills. It's just a matter of Spagnola being able to put them all together and put these skill sets together and utilize everyone's skill set that they do have because they don't have JPP, who can, that kind of player who can go in there and play, I think, 60, 70 snaps and be a very good to uh, pro bowl to dominant player, whatever you want to call it. How about you, James? Defensive line impressed on Friday? I mean, watching that game, I thought they were the one unit that really showed across the, the unit. I mean, they, they all pretty much played well, all showed some flashes. Some of them, like Jordan was saying, maybe a little bit more consistent throughout the night. But I thought that was a positive in an area that we weren't sure of a couple weeks ago. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I think it's kind of funny that, you know, coming into camp, people thought there'd be a lot of question marks there with no JPP. And now here we are to the first preseason game, and 
The defensive line has kind of looked like it might be the strong point at, at this point of the defense. You know, they, they had a good couple of practices in Cincinnati. They had a good showing across the board in the game. So I, I think it's kind of funny how these things work out. But so far, the line's holding up its end of the deal. I, I think I think we need to be just a, just keep in mind that. It's one thing for them to be able to like put all those pieces together, as I was talking about. It's another thing to be able to sustain it over a 17 week yes. period, you know. Uh, so I think it's a lot easier to do that when you have the guy who you can count on and you know is going to be a dominant player, uh, you know. So it makes it a lot easier to do it when you have that, and so that's the big difference. Whether they can piece it all together and slap it together like that for that an extended period of time. It's a really good point, Jordan, because, I mean, you know, a guy like JPP or any standout player, you pretty much know every week there's a certain level of play you'll get from them. And the other guys we're talking about, we, we just don't know if they have that consistency in them. Uh, and if they do, we'll, maybe we'll see it, but we don't know yet. Yeah, we're, all to we're talking about a lot of guys with, with flaws, let's be honest, who have strengths and flaws. Who, you know, so over a long period of time, is those flaws sometimes can be exposed. They can be, and they usually are. And that's how you yeah. find out if the guy is a you know, full-time player or not. Uh, Chris chimed in with a question I think is really interesting, what's happened to the Giants in the safety position. Uh, he asked, do you think there's any regret inside the Giants' coaching room and front office that they didn't bring back Antro Roll for one more year? What do you think, James? Well, I mean, I wasn't really around as, as much, so I, Jordan probably can speak to this a little bit more clearer, but I would think so, definitely. I mean... I, they, when you know they went out and were not able to get rollback, and then when they couldn't sign McCordy, you know this is what you kind of produced. I actually don't. I think the other way. I think uh, this was a decision that was they wanted to move on. I know they said they made a late offer to him, but they really didn't want to have him back. And it had more to do with just age and performance. Uh, they were ready to to turn it over and get new leaders in that locker room. I think that played into it as well. So, I, I mean, yeah, they would, they need an intro role right now, but at the same time, as I also think they were looking to turn it over and get some change in that leadership area. And, uh, you know, intro role, he was a hard, hard worker. And I think that was something that, that Tom Coughlin loved. But at the same time, I think, uh, you know, they have enough when John Beeson and guys like Cullen Jenkins, like, you know, more uh, reserved, uh, do your work on the field kind of thing than, than Antro Roll. And I, I, th I really do think they were looking to move on from that and, and start fresh in that secondary. Look, you know, if Antro Roll was this great leader as some portray him as, what was with all the breakdowns in that secondary the last couple of years? I mean, that was one of the biggest problems with this team. There was just so many breakdowns on the back end. And so uh, I think – it was a calculated move to allow him to leave via free agency. It was, and, it, and now it's easy to second guess. Obviously, when you when you have safeties, right. you don't drop because them like Because they're flies. so shorthanded. Yeah, they're just so shorthanded that right now you you almost want anything, right? Yeah, anyone with a pulse back there, uh, like Roll, obviously probably still has with the Bears. You know, that's where people are going to come back to. Uh, we'll we'll wrap with this one. As late last weekend, uh, we found out that uh, Philip Rivers resigns, gets his new contract with the San Diego Chargers. So now. As you go through this and you think about it from the perspective of the Giants and Eli Manning, I mean, now only Sam Bradford and Eli Manning are the projected starters for this season that don't have contracts for next year. Nick Foles of the Rams got a new contract. Rivers, I just mentioned. So pretty much everyone 
if their teams want to keep them around, will be there for another year. I mean, some guys will get cut and whatever, but the only guys that are projected to be free agents that are starters in the NFL right now are Eli Manning and Sam Bradford. We've talked about this before, but do you think the Rivers deal uh, maybe moves the Giants closer to making something happen, and does it give them another baseline like the Roethlisberger deal to, you know, to make a deal here, James? Uh, yeah, I think they have multiple baselines now. It's just going to be a matter of the the posturing ending and the two teams sitting down. I mean, look, I think the Giants have said it. They want Eli Manning to be a Giant. I think Eli Eli Manning doesn't really want to talk about it publicly, but I'm assuming he you know he just built a home in New Jersey. He wants to be a Giant. They just have to make it work at some point, and that could be next week. That could be after the season. But at some point, the Giants are going to have to realize that they're going to have to pay the man if they want to keep him. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, hey, the, the market's set. It's that simple. There's a, there's a, here's the range, you know, Ben and Phil Rivers and uh, Wilson and all those guys are all around the same amount of money, $60 million guaranteed with $20 million a year. Uh, you know, if the Giants want significant discount from that, it's just not going to happen. The market is what the market says it is, and that's what Eli Manning's worth. And I would assume at some point that they find their way into that that amount, and they realize, hey, we were if we want to keep Eli Manning, this is what it is, and, and it'll happen for both sides. Both sides will come come to uh, agreement that this is good enough for everybody involved. Eli can uh, live in that New Jersey house and remain one of New Jersey's most famous residents for NJ.com. So, no, no, doubt, no doubt about that. that that's, <laughs> that'll be that way um, for a very long time. Oh, last one, this one for me, uh, not from Twitter. If fans out there are going to sit down on Saturday night and watch the game against the Jaguars, each of you give me one player you think Giants fans should watch this week because it matters, because you think they're interested in this player, but just someone, all things considered, that in your mind needs to be watched this week by a Giant fan. We'll start with James. Uh, I'll say Jeff Schwartz because, assuming he, I would assume he'll have a good amount of playing time, you know, at least sometime early on. Because I, I think he really is the, you know, the offensive line struggled on Friday night against the Bengals, but he was not there. So I think having him on the field will be a, a, a telling sign about exactly where this line stands. I'll go with Jeremy Miles. Again, we're doing offensive line and safety. Those seem to be the two common themes here this summer. But, hey, Jeremy Miles right now is the guy that they look like they have the most confidence in him. Uh, he's listed as the starting safety this week after not being listed last week. So, you know, if he has to start, we have to see – you have to kind of see what you're getting there. If he's good enough to be a starter, you know, he wasn't great in the first preseason game, but the Giants seem to trust him to most be in the right spot at the right time. And he is now, you know, probably has the highest odds out of any Giants safety to be the start, one of the starting safeties week one, which I'm not sure is saying a lot for him or saying, a, or, or what it's saying about the whole Giants safeties as a group. But uh, he seems to be the guy that they're going to play. They're going to throw out there because he has that experience now, maybe Merriweather could pass him or not, but, We'll uh, find out a lot uh, on Saturday against the Jaguars of where this is going to go and the direction this is going to be headed with Jeremy Miles in the safety position. Offensive line, safety, the themes of this summer uh, have been set, and hopefully for the Giants, uh, no more injuries to report 
as we go along. So everyone, thank you for listening here. This has been episode 19. James, appreciate it as always, bud. My pleasure. Jordan, same thing. Enjoy the week. Yep. And hey, and thanks for Jeff. Thanks for Jeff Schwartz for joining us. Yes, we appreciate absolutely. It. Once again, we'll end with that. Thank you to Jeff Schwartz for being our guest, our special guest here on episode 19 of Talk of Sheep. Remember to follow us uh, on Twitter. Follow us. Find us on NJ.com and as well iTunes and Stitcher to subscribe to Talk is Cheap right there. This has been episode 19. We'll talk to you next week for episode 20, and we'll have half of the preseason in the books right here. This has been Talk is Cheap on NJ.com.